0: Welcome gorgeous to this podcast episode. In this episode, we have another guest interview with the amazing Elisa Caro. I think you guys are going to get so much from this interview with Eliza. I cannot wait to jump into it with you. Just before we jump in, I want to give you a heads up about what we chat about in this interview. So Eliza, like me, actually started out her career in engineering. So in this episode, we chat about how she went from such a conventional career path to actually becoming a sex and intimacy coach and what are some of the challenges she's actually faced doing something that is so outside of the mainstream and that is also such a taboo topic and area to be working in and how she has managed that for herself. After we talk a bit about her purpose and business journey, we dive into chatting about female sexuality, some of the myths out there about female sexuality, how women can get more connected to their bodies, and we go through some of the types of female orgasm, which you're definitely going to want to catch. So without any further ado, babe, let's get into this episode. Welcome, Elisa, to the podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me, Alex. Yes, I'm so excited for this. Eliza is not only an amazing sexuality educator and coach, she is also one of my best friends. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, I've known Elisa, I think we've known each other for about three and a half years or maybe almost four years, actually. Yeah, I think it's about coming up to the four years.
1: Yes, I think so. A lot of nice memories together.
0: Yes, we met in Melbourne and Elisa had just come back from a sexuality training, possibly overseas, and it was one that I've done before as well. And we totally, once we both knew that, we totally just clicked (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes clicked on that like the, the passion for yeah secret sexuality and also the fact that we were both engineer and that we both dropped our engineer job to go into entrepreneurship and follow our hearts so hell yes a, lot of <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes a lot of points of connection I think right and resonating oh. with one another
0: So many. There were so many. So we basically just started co working together from then (laughs) Um, and became really good friends. So I want to hear, I want to hear a bit more about um, what you just said, the engineering moving into. Sex and intimacy coaching. But before I do, for anyone listening that doesn't already know Elisa, I am going to read out your bio. So Elisa is a tantra and sexuality queen and has devoted her life to self exploration, yoga and deep spiritual practices. She loves helping people go from any shame or guilt surrounding their sexuality, build their body confidence and learn how to live with honesty, transparency and sacredness yeah so what we're going to chat about in this episode i want to talk to elisa a little bit first and there's probably some things i'm going to learn through this um about your journey firstly like moving from doing something that was i guess what made sense getting into the engineering to something that you loved and also particularly into an area that's actually still very taboo in the mainstream and then we're going to chat uh more about Um, women's sexuality and Elisa is going to share with us um, just some amazing stuff around accessing your orgasmic potential, different types of orgasms, all this juicy stuff that we want to learn about. Yes, let's get in the juicy stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So yes, you've already told us that you actually started out in engineering. So how then did you end up Realizing that that's not where your heart was, and you know that your heart was in supporting people in the area of sexuality and intimacy.
1: Hmm. So, what happened is that while I was working as a civil engineer, fresh coming out fresh in from my uni, um, I felt quite unhappy. I felt quite disconnected and disheartened about my job and also, yeah, the, the future, kind of like, oh, that's it. I don't want my life to look like this. And I progressively felt more and more disconnected and unhappy to go to work, like really, really unhappy. And my body as well started to show some signs of, of kind of like I was somatizing my unhappiness and emotions and and I like I always have polycystic ovary syndrome but my cysts were like growing a bit more to a point that you know they were like keeping an eye on it and maybe like needing surgery um I started to have tonsillitis over and over again to the point that they wanted to take my tonsils out and it's not like major things but I've been always so healthy. And so I really felt like what's happening here? Like something is not all right. And I started losing hair. And I don't know, I was just not feeling happy emotionally, physically, and very disconnected. And so I decided to go and visit my dad, which was living in a country community in Thailand. Um, and kind of like my parents kind of just, just pushed me towards you know uh holistic healing and finding myself and maybe like a little bit of background on that like my parents have always kind of done yoga meditation since I can remember and so I did my first yoga retreat when I was eight uh, for kids you know so it was kind of like introduced at a very young age and my mom Had taught me like Taoist practice and tantric practices when I was a teenager, breast massage, meditations, and stuff like that. So I was kind of um, introduced to this world at a young age, and and so it really felt it felt like it had a lot of sense to you know like after my after like kind of like pivoting towards no, I'm going to do what for society is normal and dismissing the teaching of my parents, I've kind of like felt unhappy in that normal way of living. And and so it felt right to ditch that normal and go back to um, more of the upbringing vibes that I was brought up with. And so when I arrived, my initial thought was actually to become a yoga teacher. That's what I wanted to do. But then because I'm a highly sexual person, and I've been since young age just have a lot of sexual energy, and interest in sex. So when I arrived in this tantric community, I didn't just do uh, the the tantric yoga practices, asanas, breathwork, etc. But I also, um, you know, started to become really interested in tantric teaching around sexuality, which is not the majority at all. Probably the majority is other practices, but there are also a lot of great tips have amazing sex so when I kind of like discover oh yes you can have multiple orgasms of course every woman can have internal orgasms or like when I discover yes that can last long you can go and prolong full body orgasms or you can utilize and harness your sexuality for your creativity and your spiritual practice given how much sexual energy moral but I have I was like bring it along and so I started to do courses and stuff around sexuality and just on a personal level I just I thought I was very happy with my sexuality I thought I was but Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what else was there and so when then I discovered what else was there I was like oh now we're talking And, and I feel like it since then it has been expanding and expanding like I feel like it's not stopping the way in which I can utilize my sexual power and deepening the way in which I make love and so I'm feeling, uh, yeah. And so I started to go to all those trainings, and somehow life was just guiding me. You know, even like a teacher training, I was invited at a very discounted price just because the teacher really wanted me there to teach dance and be present. Because I used to teach belly dance, like Arabic dance. So she really loved me as a belly dance teacher and she wanted me in the, in the training to support women to connect with their femininity through dance. And so even if the training was sold out since like six months and, and stuff like that, the teacher was like, no, I want you on and you just whatever, pay whatever you want. So I really felt like I was supported as well by life into learning more, even if I was not planning of working in that industry. but. Um, you know, a teacher training was almost offered to me for working in women's sexuality. And so I just like followed that. And somehow I just started, just friends started to ask me to receive my support. And I was just sharing with people. Um, I had so many benefits throughout it, you know, like my tonsils were fine. My period was again, regular, no problem with my sister anymore. It was really like, Anyway, my unhappiness traumatized when I was working. And so when when I was like learning more and did the teacher training, just like friends started to ask me to receive yoni massage from me or to uh, receive some teaching or training. And I started to work, you know, on donation days. And and then I started to become really busy and popular and so I started to charge. And, and I kept doing trainings and trainings because I find it very interesting as well. And and it's kind of like, just naturally unfolding that way. I almost feel like I didn't choose it, like this life chosen itself through me. And, and you know, and years later, here I am, and I feel very held, like somehow even. I started my business in Italy and it really bloomed and then I dropped everything and I moved to Australia, and at the beginning I was afraid it wouldn't work, nobody knows me here, but in a year, bum, it's working very well. And now I'm moving in the online platform and I'm again afraid because I'm, nobody knows me on the online platform. Like maybe I'm well known in Melbourne, but not that more, that, more, that much like international, but I'm like, I'm sure that life will keep like um, supporting my decisions and my evolution. And so, yeah, so that's how it has been a bit unfolding for me. You can talk too much. You can stop
0: me anytime by the way,
1: <laughs> you can go and <laughs> rant. <No.
0: laughs> Um, that's an amazing story. And I knew there'd be things in there that I didn't actually know about you, which is great. Um, so I love how you, you pointed out, you know, how much your health improved from, you know, moving into alignment, I guess, with yourself and also doing the sexuality practices. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that you, um, you know, you, are one of the people that grew up with parents that were very mindful and into meditation and yoga. And isn't it just funny how, even if you grow up with that, um, that you will rebel against it or maybe not everyone, but you know, rebel against it, rebel against whatever the way your parents are. Um, even if it is a way that is, um, a really, really centered and helpful.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, yeah i think like it's very normal to have a rebellion towards parents it's just a thing it's just a thing like every every child needs to rebel towards the parents to find themselves and so my rebellion was becoming a civil engineer <laughs> i guess it's not that <laughs> because also my parents when i was choosing my in my university degree they were really you know maybe you like more arts or dancing or things around people you're so good with people um maybe you want to you know like other types or or even environmental engineering or things like this or energetical engineer or something like that but i was like no go with civil and and i kind of like i kind of stopped yoga and a lot of practices that they taught me and i think it's just yeah just a normal part of life. Teenagers just need to rebel towards their parents. Yes. But it feels yeah. home coming I was- back to it. Yes,
0: yes totally. Um, I also really love that you pointed out that, you know, the sexuality practices or side of tantra is just one small part of tantra like there's a whole philosophy behind tantra and as you said like tantric yoga with all these asanas and you know it's a full yogic philosophy and there is this aspect that you know of sacred sexuality in it that you can um, experience the divine through sacred sex and practices around that so I love that you pointed that out as well so was there any um any internal barriers that you've had to overcome along the way or or possibly still overcome in terms of doing work that is quite taboo um, and and not like a really well accepted thing in the mainstream yet? Although I think it's starting to become more so. Yeah,
1: it's starting to become more so, but I totally agree with you. And yes, definitely a lot of buyers. <laughs> So despite, you know, things have been unfolding, like I remember being in Italy and when I started working there, like I didn't want to have a website or go really public because I was afraid of the opinion of friends. Um, I mean, not, not close friends, like, written, like, you know, some family members and some people that I didn't know so closely. I'm coming from a small town. So it was like, ah, oh, you know, they might be judging it. So it was kind of like playing under the radar. And. Look, word of mouth, moreover, in Italy, where everyone talks and it was very easy somehow to work. So I didn't need to actually go on, online that much. It was just like people spread voice and workshop would field and, um, people would come even in a small town, like literally no one would have done any job similar to mine. Um, and people were super close minded, but somehow they were loving it. So they were just talking about it and, and it was really, working great and then like you know the boys would arrive in rome like far away from my little town and then i would be invited to (laughs) teach there and all without like any internet just word about hey i heard this person does this workshop (laughs) should you come to your center and and so um definitely like resistance is there then when i arrived in melbourne as well like who am I to go online? Like I found it very hard to go more public, afraid of judgments and afraid of being so like, you know, direct afraid of the judgment of other people would have had like, Oh, you're a sex coach. It's not as good or, you know, I I lied the first time I met my partner parents and I said it was a relationship coach instead of a sex coach. You know, it took me a little bit to kind of be more honest about it. Um, so I'm finding like myself holding back a little bit about my work for fearing opinion, and I think I needed to find within myself um, a newfound strength to raise up a voice that I find very important, but yet is not as welcome. So it's a lot easier to say, uh, say I'm a sexual, you know, I'm a civil engineer, but it's a lot harder to say I'm a sex coach for jobs. And the judgment that's come with it. And so I feel like I need to stand stronger. And I sometimes receive projections. Mostly they're really good projections. So I mostly like receive a lot of compliments and stuff like that. But sometimes on the internet, people just because I might say a blue job can be sacred, I I get like smashed with things like how do you dare sex in the scene, you know, and stuff like that like out of the blue mm-hmm. and it's intense. I can't advertise. Forget about doing ads on Facebook. It's just not a thing. Anything around sexuality, even if it's conscious sexuality, supporting people, connect with their body, feeling more confident, feeling more radiant, no, it's not a thing. Even if there is no explicit no nudity in the things I I teach in my online courses and stuff like that, forget about it. Like online platform, then Banned people. They just like out of the blue cancel your Instagram account and that's very hard. So even if it's someone like is listening to to this, like, you know, um, because I can't do any ads, you know, if you resonate with my work, please share my Instagram with other people. Because other people, you know, they can like I don't know, advertise anything, but conscious sexuality is just not a thing. It's just not a thing. And know that people like me can be banned out of the blue and just like Years of work on an Instagram account to create ten thousand followers whatever to create like that history and stuff can just be deleted in a in you know in a click in a moment, and so there is that fear and like how do I navigate you know the online platform now um with this like problem that is emerging for me um of like for instance marketing, how do I keep you know like feeling the center even if it's hard at times and so i always need to come back to you know like my core value and what it feels right like it feels i am my soul mission like i came here for this reason and i i embody conscious. Sexuality, I live it in my life. I harness its power for, to feel more confident and radiant. I, I do those things, and I love initiating people into that, like really unlocking their orgasmic potential and utilizing that to have a deeper spiritual practice, a deeper connection with themselves, like to fall in love with their bodies. And so, yeah. Sorry, I went a little bit all over the place, but yes always finding, reminding um, what I came here for and connecting with my heart when I bump into difficulties that uh, the fact that sexuality is such a taboo topic put onto my work.
0: Yeah, that's, I think it's just so archaic, the whole Facebook and Instagram thing. There how they come at sexuality and content that's just so, you know, pure intention is uh, healing and well-being and it's totally banned if there's any trace of sexuality in it. And it seems to me so much more backwards than even what – I don't know the best way to say this, but even like what the rest of the world is and the the way the rest of the world feels about sexuality, it feels like Facebook and Instagram are like a century behind and demonizing it and making it into, um, you know, something that just can't be seen on the platform. I, I find it honestly, yeah, really weird. And also, really sad, honestly, because, yes, there's accounts that get deleted overnight all the time. There's a lot of it happening at the moment and there's no one you can contact, no explanation, and it's just spreading, you know, positive information about female sexuality.
1: I know. And then some, like, accounts which are, like, Photoshop picture, sexy picture of women, and that like actually promote problems for women that might like try to you know um reach those standards of beauty which are actually not even real and i and kind of like and support women feel more disconnected from their body judging their bodies and themselves and and therefore having more trouble in sex to be present in love making because maybe they're like in their mind uh, wondering if their breast is beautiful enough or if they have too much cellulite or whatever it is, like those type of things. Yes, you can do it. But anything like even like in a positive way, promoting conscious sexual living. No, and I find it like so frustrating, but it is what it is. And I I am grateful still that I can do my work and job and it's coming more and more in the mainstream. So that's like amazing. And I hope that Facebook and Instagram will catch up with that.
0: Yes, so then what would you say has been the hardest thing for you getting your business off the ground or growing to where you are now? Um, yeah feeling
1: kind of like mm, the hardest thing, so internally um feeling like self-worth like yes i can be a business owner yes i can do it on my own yes i can go like self-worth i would say uh internally and externally yeah things such as like how sex coaching is not really known like if a woman has Mm -hmm. pain during intercourse she will not think of contacting me she doesn't even know that i exist You know, like, um, I'm working with someone on vaginismus and she saw me like on a talk that I give um, at uni in Melbourne, but like, and that's how she found, find out about me. And now she, you know, she gone from like having vaginismus and, um, which like didn't allow her to have penetrative sex because it was too painful or not even physically possible to now like have internal orgasm and feeling open and like it was a year's journey but you know this is an example of someone that didn't know i exist or like i work with men to support them um you know overcome premature ejaculation and something quite easy to do and no one knows that you can go to someone and they can help you with that it's just not well known people hide it don't 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 talk about their problem and so it's harder because like People don't even know that people like me have a job like I do. Yes, you have trouble with premature ejaculation, come to me. Yes, you have trouble with low libido, come to me. You know, like they don't even know. It's not like, oh, I feel depressed. Great, I book a psychologist. You know, like we know what to do. We, we have a mental health problem. We don't know what to do when we have a sex-related performance insecurity or stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think that would be the main um, difficulties on the external level.
0: Yes, and that was exactly my experience, I guess, early on um, in my well sexuality journey when I was about, you know, from the age of probably 18, I was starting to look online for answers for where I how I felt really blocked and it's a totally different world now totally different world you'll find stuff online now yeah. but it took me about four years to even find someone who I I then learned you know had done a lot of tantra training and so has this perspective on sexual or perspective knowledge knowledge on sexuality and how you can work out um and change any like blockages you're experiencing and it's not inherent to your body and just about how your body actually works in that yeah. area and oh and I, when i found out you know and, and learned everything I learned, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, like every woman needs to know this. Yes. Every woman <laughs> needs to know this. What the F? <laughs> like literally.
1: Yeah, I, I feel you. Okay. I agree with you. Yes, it's like it's getting more and more known. But, yeah, it's true. It's just not spread, you know. It's not like, oh, you have a health issue, go to your GP. Oh, you have this, go to the yeah. osteopath. Oh yeah, this go to sex coach, sex coaching.
0: Yeah. Yes, it needs to be needs to be spread, and more people need to know about it. Yeah. So, what then? Um, what do you think uh, are some of the top things that you feel like all women should know about their sexuality? Hmm. So, first of
1: all, that they can expand the way they make love right now. And that's I would say true for everyone because I feel, you know, ten years down the journey and I'm still learning, expanding and um yeah, just learning more things about my sexuality and how to harness its power. And so even knowing that, because often is a blockage like A lot of women think, oh, I'm sexually broken, or it's me. I can't have internal orgasm, or I can't surrender in sex. It's just a problem I have. I'm in my head, and I can't change it. No, you can change it. So just know that it's possible. It's an area in which you can work on yourself, and pleasure is a learnable skill. That's, like, number one.
0: Yes, I love that. And I think my story is the epitome example of that where I was completely numb. I didn't feel any pleasure. I was totally blocked. It hurt if I touched my clitoris. I didn't have any orgasms and I went through and I did all the sexuality work and became multi-orgasmic internal orgasms cervical orgasms squirting orgasms can give myself squirting orgasms and so i just want to back up that point (laughs) like (laughs) yes it's true it's true
1: (laughs) yes it's true oh god it's so true so true so yeah i would say this is the point number one yeah then point number two Despite you learn that your sexual worth depends upon your look, is not true. Mm. Your sexual worth is intrinsic in who you are. You don't value more or less depending on your weight. And as you fall in love with who you are and you become more and more liberated, the way you will radiate that energy it's very magnetic and probably you already know in your life some women who are quite attractive and maybe not because they have some beauty standards but somehow there is something about them or maybe you know some men that are like that and they're like quite attractive in the way of behaving holding themselves in their confidence and and so don't worry too much You know, and try to look better, and getting this fake and that fake, and and in looking more sexy. But like, just connect with your sexuality, rather than try to look a certain way, because that is much more attract attractive to men or women who are vibrating in a in a higher way. Like, of course, some people are really caught up in just the way you look. But I don't think you want to relate with them that much because otherwise you're going to stay trapped in a more superficial type of sexuality and so if you want to um, to you know like attract other type of partner you might want to shift the way you relate to your sexuality and not making like feeling that your worth or your value depend in the way you look and an example of that, you know, if like you're making love and you're concerned about how your breath look like from that position, or if you're like not shaved and you're like, oh, I can't make love, or if I'm not groomed, I'm not good enough. If You have thoughts like that, know that there is like space for improvement for you for feeling like super in the moment, fuck thinking, sorry like don't think about how like you can swear yeah, it's okay. <laughs> about like how someone is perceiving you, how you look but you're more concerned about riding the waves of your pleasure rather than you know the way someone is perceiving you and if someone gets super turned off by you not being shaved, maybe someone you don't want to relate with because you know they're making love primarily with who you are And so whether you have hair or not, you know, of course, like people have preferences and there's nothing bad in making yourself beautiful, but not to the point that you feel unworthy if you're not groomed, not to the point that you're in your head worrying about other people, how other people perceive you rather than riding the waves of your pleasure. And so like just, you know, letting go of that. And as I said, nothing bad in trying to look beautiful um, and that's, Totally fine, but just don't feel your worth depend on it.
0: Yes, that is such a powerful point, I think, for people to take home. So my next question for you, I know you've got a YouTube video actually that goes through all of these different types of female orgasms. And so I'm going to – we're just going to give people a teaser. People can go and check out that video to get (laughs) all of them. But can you share with us um, four types of female orgasms? That sounds great. Amazing.
1: (laughs) So one is the G-spot orgasm. So the G-spot orgasm which sometimes can come with squirting. Sometimes doesn't, um, and can definitely be unlocked for everyone. And every woman has, unless you have a deformation in your body, but every woman has a female prostate, which means that every woman, every woman can produce that ejaculate and learn how to squirt and yes yes and alexis is one of them and me myself included like i didn't know how to swear like i definitely thought oh i'm just a clean oral orgasm one um but yeah no different different now anal orgasm i think it's one of my favorite like it's so animalistic and prima and raw and earthy and i feel sad that so many women make love like, make anal sex or do anal sex just to please their partner, thinking that they cannot get much pleasure because it's so good. She can have orgasm from it and getting so much pleasure. Ah, yes, I'm a big fan.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my God, I still remember the first time I had the anal orgasm. Like, the room was upside down. It was so wild. That love making. <laughs> Oh my god, um, sounds amazing. Then your breast, number three, your breast mm. can have orgasm. You can have nipple orgasm. Nipples are connected in a similar point of the brain, like with the clitoris. And so sometimes it's good to play with both to uh, awaken more sensitivity in your nipples. And it's amazing how when. Yeah, when you unlock that pleasure, like breast can give a lot of pleasure, you know. And we have a lot of nerve endings there, and so many even moms like find that out when their babies are, you know, sucking the milk, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is great." <laughs> and so, sometimes you can get to the point that they are very irritated, but some some mother like gets a lot of pleasure from breastfeeding even. And wow. another orgasm that I want to share is the full body orgasm. So it's an energetical orgasm, which sometimes can come without like sexual experiences. And it's like these waves of pleasure that run through the body. Like you can also activate it through breath work and Kundalini yoga. Uh, and it can come as well in sex. And the more you become aware of your energetic field, the more you can really enjoy riding the waves. Of pleasure throughout it. And it's mm. amazing. So, those are four. Yes. Yeah, so but you can find the other yes. one in the, in the YouTube video. But yeah, that's so amazing. And, and it's so sad that, you know, many women don't know they can unlock that within themselves. Mm.
0: Yes. And I also think, like, to unlock them, you also have to expand or open your mind to also your definition of orgasm and not be looking for just that specific um, type of, you know, peak orgasm and actually allow, allow the experience to kind of overtake you and um, I don't even know a really good way of saying it, but, you know, it's, you have to kind of open your mind to the way that it's actually going to feel potentially really different to any type of other orgasm you've had before. Oh,
1: God, I can't agree more. Like, seriously, it's. I often tell my clients, like, look for ways of pleasure that comes from, mm. like, the anal or the G spot stimulation and breathe into it and allow it to grow. And 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 then, like, they start to have mini orgasm. And then from there, it expands. Rather than if someone is mm. looking for, like, that specific peak, they're just never unlocking that because they're looking with the wrong lenses. They're, like, you know, looking for to find, like, I don't know um yeah things are just not there because they it it will feel different like if you know let's say that uh, a banana is like the clitoral orgasm and a risotto dish is like a g-spot orgasm they're just very different so if you're looking for a banana you're looking for the yellow and a fruit you know, and then they present you the an amazing result. You're like, no, that's not a banana. I'm looking for a banana. <laughs> uh, but mm-hmm. if you're like open to just the pleasure, then you will get new flavor of it. And sometimes when I give like Johnny yes. massages, women might have like mini orgasm and they don't even know what it is. And they're like, oh, that was good. What was that? And I'm like, that was a mini G-spot orgasm. I was simulating G G-spot. You had that wave of pleasure. You felt it running throughout the whole body. Did it start from that point? And then I help them kind of like pinpoint what it is. And then when they go in the self-pleasure practice, then they know what to look for. So sometimes I, I really discover how it's hard for women to understand that and myself included the first time I had a cervix orgasm I was like the Yoni Master Award told me oh that was an amazing orgasm right I'm like no I didn't have an orgasm. I know how it feels mm. that was not one and and was are like you just had one like I could feel it even in myself I could feel like your cervix moving and pulsating I could feel the energy flushing up you know like your body was like showing signs of it and I was like ah oh, yeah, that's what it was. But often we disregard that as just pleasure and that it never grows. Mm. And if you yes. actually feed into it, that mini orgasm will become bigger and bigger. And my cervical orgasm now are much better than the one I had five years ago. So the pleasure keeps growing. And that's mm. like an amazing news, you know? But and of course like not every single one, but overall the the trend is getting better. Mm and so yeah it's a very good point one you made and I think something very very important yeah
0: so what's the youtube video called so people can go look it up
1: I think
0: it's seven type of female orgasm Elisa Caro great so Elisa's got an amazing youtube channel that if you are enjoying this conversation at all you've got to go and check out her youtube she's Got such great, valuable content up there.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to pump it more. I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm loving doing YouTube because I can talk a bit longer about different topics. So mm-hmm. it's been like a delightful experience. Yeah, recording the video. So yeah. absolutely, like, yeah, go there and you will find more.
0: So my last question for you is what is the biggest barrier you see to women experiencing their orgasmic potential
1: Hmm. being distracted not being present in the moment Um, number one probably having a goal oriented approach so um, being attached to orgasm uh, being attached to certain things and so going always the same road to make sure they reach that orgasm you know, sometimes we might have some internal pain, some sexual healing needed, some tears that need to come out for us to feel more pleasure. And because there is a sense that sex shouldn't have tears, you um, know, or like it's not for a healing, it's for pleasure, then I'm going to escape if I feel any pain and I'm not leaning into it for healing. But it's almost like that yeah. is preventing them from um, expanding their way of making love. So be distracted um have a goal oriented approach attached to orgasm try to be like quick sometimes in you know, like try to get to the orgasm as quick as they can um and then the third one lack of self awareness around their sexuality so lack of sexual having self pleasure and really play with themselves and expand their way of um of understanding themselves they rely too much on their partner for their pleasure um and they often say oh my partner should know this or my lover or I you know rather than hey mm. you should know this you're the sexually empowered woman and you can speak up for what you need or want from other people but you know that you've got this within yourself like I feel very empowering myself and I'm having great sex with my partner and I know if we break up I'm going to find someone else who I'm going to have great sex with you know I don't feel like I depend on mm. him and I I feel like I can train someone else if needed in kind of like <laughs> Elisa Caro manual of sexuality and pleasure and and yeah, so I feel very empowered and know that I can initiate other people and other relationship rather than feeling depending on the external for for pleasure. so summarizing, yes. number one, be distracted, lack of presence. Uh, number two, goal oriented, routine, doing the same things over again, and not allowing sexual healing or new exploration. And number three, um, rely on outsourcing pleasure rather than have a great relationship with self-pleasure and knowing yourself.
0: Mm, I love it. (laughs) I just think it's really funny that I summarise things at the end as well. Like, so to summarise, that's one, two, three. I feel like that must be a bit of an engineering brain thing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I'm glad that I did engineering. Like I'm noticing how structured Mm. I am compared with a lot of other female entrepreneurs and Mm. I'm loving it. I think it's very, very helpful. Even my assistant, she's like a physician and teach like physics and stuff. And I'm loving how organized she is. I'm like, she's the best. (laughs) So I think like there's Mm. something there in having that training that really supports this so I'm glad totally yeah
0: I don't regret it so I know you have an amazing resource for women that want to unlock their orgasms so can you tell us about that and where people can get it yeah so there is like
1: on my website it is Com, and maybe you can put the link but it's like a three part series in how to unlock orgasm and there I talk a little bit about orgasms and give you some tips and practices that you can do Um, and talk a little bit more in depth in one of my favorite ones, which is the anal orgasm. I think it's awesome and give some tips on how to unlock that one. So there are like three, um, it's a little like video series and I think it's awesome and it's a great place to start. And yeah, so you can find it on my website under elisacado.com.
0: I recommend that everyone that is listening to this, go and download that. Whether you... You know, no matter what uh, body type you're in, I think you get so much value from that resource. So, where else can people find you online or connect with you? My Instagram. It gets updated so Mm -hmm. often.
1: And the handle is Eliza underscore underscore Caro. And I think they can find a lot of things there. And I'm about to launch, as I said at the beginning, a lot of online courses, which I'm very excited. Like I'm really starting to go online now. And so soon they can also find a lot of things, but it will absolutely be um, as well, like advertised on Instagram. And I think it's a great place to like be posted. Yes.
0: Right. So go and follow Eliza on Instagram. Go get that resource from her website. And if you've got a bit of extra time, check out her YouTube because there's also so many amazing resources on there. Elisa is just so fantastic at what she does and the fact that her business just unfolds for her the way that it does, I think is just such a total testament to you know her incredible energy and value that she brings and her ability to really support women to transform in this area. So thank you so much, Eliza, for coming on this interview and sharing all of this incredible knowledge that you've just shared today. It was such a pleasure to be here with you, Alex, and thanks for having me. Oh my goodness. I hope you enjoyed that chat with Elisa. Isn't she just such an amazing goddess queen? If you have enjoyed this episode, I invite you to share it with someone that you think would also get a lot out of this. I really would love your help in getting this message out there, getting this these stories and these experiences heard by people who would benefit from them. So make sure that you do that if there's anyone you think would benefit from the episode. And also if you did enjoy this episode and you're not already a subscriber, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. I release new episodes every Tuesday, every bit as juicy as this one, a mix of interviews and also solo episodes, helping you live your best, most empowered life. All right. Can't wait to see you in the next episode. Lots of love.